Welcome to our podcast, Leadership Theater Unplugged. We are Alexander Meyer and Diana Bista. And together with our guests, we want to inspire and encourage you to rewrite your piece of leadership play. Listen to vulnerable and bloody honest stories of heart-winning and outstanding leaders. Learn about practical and powerful tools, tricks and hacks. Today you will meet Boris Bolz. He will share his story of how he managed to unpack his true self over time and how this changed the way he leads. Get to know his point of view, what a leader should be responsible for and for what not anymore. And you can also learn what love and spirituality has to do with leadership. Boris is Chief Platforms and Marketing Officer at RTL Disney. His background is in media management and he worked for different big brands like Red Bull. He is also a Zen coach, which helped him to mature as a spiritual and purpose-driven leader. Together with his family, he lives in Munich, Germany. This is our second episode and I'm very happy to welcome Boris Bolz. But I'm not alone. Alexander, you are also in this session. Hello, Alexander. Hello, everybody. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited <laughs> about today's podcast series and uh, meeting Boris in this interview. Hello, Boris. <laughs> Hi. I'm also very, very excited to do that. So not only in English, it's the first time. So it's my first podcast, actually. Boris, um, I remember our first interview we had about, I think, four years ago at the Agile Leadership Day conference. And it was it was really great talking to you. What I remember from that interview is that you have four kids, four boys. That is and correct. More <laughs> since then. From the same woman. <laughs> Congratulations. And we're still married. That's really a tough job. Maybe it's even even tougher than being being a good leader. I don't know. Uh, also very interesting is that you are a Zen coach, right? Yes, I am. And I remember a very nice quote, and it uh, I think it was this is a Chinese saying, if you have shit on your nose, everything stinks. Yes. Right. I still use that. <laughs> I still use that and still and I think it's very important when it when when you talk about leadership. My belief is that you always talk about yourself in the first place. Yeah. But how and this is my first question uh, to you, how do you recognize that it's you who stinks? One is that you look into the future and feel overwhelmed about that. Um mm -hmm. That's a point where you, where that could be one of the stinking points. I say when you when you blame others a lot, so this is very hard, and the expectations are so high, and let's say all this moaning. And I think the second thing is that you actually have what right now that you feel in your body is not working right. Um, you're sleeping bad. You are not here for your kids. You're not present. One of the buzzwords at the moment being present, but I think that is something what you sense, that you say, mm -hmm. hey, uh, if so many things, and that's what you are referring to, I think, if you, if there's so many things outside, maybe it's me. It's like the, the guy driving in the wrong direction. If we could Absolutely. get just maybe back in the situation where you just talked about it, let's, let's maybe explore a little bit the situation. How was it shortly before you realized, actually, that's on my nose? And what, how was it for you, for your team, maybe for the organization? What was going on? Um, I think it's, it's a quite good metaphor, but at the end, it's more a process rather than a moment. Of course, there are moments where you realize more than before, but to, to tackle that, I would say it's for me, it's a little bit easier for me to, to see it as a process. When I started, I think it's the first step is that you try to do what others expect from you. So the the moment that or the the chance that you see your own shit on your nose is quite limited because I think it's also very important that you first understand what is the surrounding where you're in, and then all of a sudden you see that you, these surroundings clash with your own values, with your own um, beliefs uh, around management, around life itself. Okay. So in my my case, it was it was seeing that, for example, what I say and what others hear is a completely different thing. So mm -hmm. I would say that was one of the 
one of the tipping the first tipping points when I was a in the let's say in the manager's phase so after being a trainee and starting as a junior so after let's say five four five years I was in this situation where I where a friend of mine said and a mentor of mine and he said do you understand that there's a difference between what you say and what others hear and it's of course easy but if if that really sinks into your in your own system that's a different thing than just reading it it was like okay then that means that i have to make sure that what i have in my head or in my heart actually or in my whole body i have to make sure that that is the message which has to be placed and not just the thing i say so what did i sense that i i heard myself saying that but i said that why why is that not happening I said that to you, blah blah blah, very often. So, I think one of the one of the experiences is if certain things which bother you come again and again and again and again, it's probably you. Do you have an example? So it's probably like, uh, you. What was that in a in a in a day to day situation at that time when you felt you know I told you day to day, I, day, you, day I would say it's too much, but it was more in let's say critical. Uh, stressful situations like present preparing presentations um, where you don't have a lot of time left and you have to deliver something or you want to present yourself and you have something in your head and say it has to be like that and that and that ah, I, I said that to you you uh, should do it that way you and, should do it that way you should put it in here yeah it was more it, it, it nicely links into control rather than let's say uh, including other ideas so it's my idea it's my presentations rather than I'm only the presenter presenting an, a result of a bunch of people, which is normally the case. It's normally not your presentation. It's normally just the end of a process of a team which is working for something. Coming from this point, it's a very good question, Alex. So coming from this point and going to this journey, I would say it's a it's very much linked if patterns repeat. And the turning point is that you see there is a pattern. If you see, if you recognize that that happened already, and instead of saying, yeah, okay, my whole my whole company is a, is full of shit and here are just idiots probably it's me who's the idiot or at least there's a there's a certain percentage in that in so, the, does it answer your well, question alex um yes i think there's part in that uh, i understand much better now what what you said so uh, it, it were it were situations where you felt like you have you have told other people i have another how... situation which is much more trans um transparent i would yeah. say with my kids mm -hmm. I and and for me, as I said, for me, I, I would never say this is Boris in, in a company. This is Boris as a father. This is Boris as a friend, and this is Boris as a husband. Of course, it's a different setting, and of course, I have different experiences in that. And people have other experiences with me. But at the end, it's always me. It's being in this thing what we call life. With my kids, I have to say one one point where I saw that I really stink was when I freaked out with my one year old boy because he didn't stop crying I, I that was something which was really really hard for me to see that how much aggression I have in myself triggered by one of the most loved persons mm. in my life so I would say this is something which doesn't have to do anything with J Jacob which is my son and has nothing to do with my wife and nothing to do with anything else than me it was a quite drastic lesson being uh, being it in the in the Zen training where you just sit and you have aggression you have you sweat you cry you love you anything else so there is no opportunity to blame it to somebody else because there's nobody else <laughs> it's just mm -hmm. your own theater in your head mm -hmm. and that's why it's so powerful and why i like this training so much because so it's really what, triggering triggering this shit on your nose so what so what i hear at the in in, in the past before you started that journey is You you had these observations that you had this anger in you, this energy in you coming up to say, this is not how I planned it. This is not how I wanted it. This is not how I said it. Why well, you don't understand what I want, what, what I said. And you were, you're pointing outwards why the, why the world around you is not as you want the world around you. And Very much. Yeah, and, very much like that. And, and then there was a point where you said, hang on a minute. It's quite exhausting to make the world around me as I want the world around me. <laughs> and um, And what was this realization point? Did you need it um, kind of a uh, like a support from the outside? Somebody said to you, are you aware of that? You, you, you talked, there was a mentor or something, or 
was there a special moment or, or how did you realize there's maybe a different way there's something going on here which is more about me than actually what's what, what other people do or it was actually a conjunction between these moments in my family mm. and uh let's say a steep career path where i came to a point where i said okay I think I need to change something because otherwise I I will definitely exhaust my energies. I was not at that point, but I had I had friends who were at that point. Mm -hmm. So I had the feeling that if I don't change something, I will definitely have the same crash as as they have. What is that? So I, I would say it's, what, a, it's is, what what is that that you you exhaust your energy? What, why why is that? What what is that driving you? Drives that? I would come. I would really like to come back to your points where you said control rather than let things go. I'm quite competitive, so I did athletics. I I really like to play tennis. I like challenge myself with others and so on. I still do, but it's not as huge anymore for for my own identity. Before it was more a journey of if I succeed in something being tennis or even in in uh, in the company or on my on my success path i'm on the right way if if something goes bad i'm on the wrong way and that changed completely because this the understanding and that was not really one point it was a couple of points like the personal points in my in, with my kids uh how the relationship with my with my wife developed um there was anger as well as well as love so it was both sides it was like hey how much freedom and leichtigkeit in german this was two things it was one one was pain and the other thing was like reward It was both things it came what's coming from both sides and there was a tipping point when i got a really huge responsibility on my shoulders which i really liked i was always looking for that and then i had the feeling i think i i think i need help to get that done healthy so i was not at the point where i broke down and then i changed anything i was more on the point i have to change my life mm -hmm. it was more a perspective where i said if if these things go in this direction any longer i can't i can't do that and i want to do that well so One one thing which come, comes in, into my head when I when I think about leadership and it, it really links to the situation is a triangle between autonomy, responsibility, and power. So of course, every there's power is always discussed when it comes to 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 leadership. But for me, it was always a combination of I just get power to to do something with it. I get responsibility. Me personally, I need a lot of autonomy to work. Therefore, to, to fulfill this task, I got power. And I think the trap is if you hunt after power and then you see responsibility as a burden. A mixture of that was at that point, I have to work on myself. If I want to be a leader for 300 people, I need to, I need to be clearer about myself. And, and what exhausts me is, yeah. is controlling the world. Definitely, as you said, uh, to find the right way between setting visions, setting a frame, fulfilling at, at the end my leadership role, whatever that be, we can talk about that maybe a little bit later, and controlling the world, really to, to separate that. I think it's very important that, yeah. okay, this is what I can do. I can get a frame around that, like like gardening, for example. I can't, I, I think a leader is something like who, who somebody who owns a garden, looking after sun, water, and the right soil so that the plant itself can grow. But as, a, as me as a leader, I can't go to this plant and say, hey, grow. I motivate you now. I I, I, I stretch you and so on. I mean, it's, it's an old picture, but it really works quite well for me. Do I set the right settings and then take the hands off? <laughs> and that taking the hands off is, is, a, is still, to be honest, is still a challenging part. So just a, just a question for the control, yeah. right? So just sorry, just one. I'm really mm -hmm. curious about one part. If you put yourself in the in your team's shoes, in the people who worked for you, the people you were leading, how have they felt about you being in this control? In that is my way. This is how we should do things. Um, um, differently, mm -hmm. and and that was interesting to 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 view because I would say there's a there's a good bunch of people who really want that. Or actually asking for that. If they really want that is a different question. Because it 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 frees them from from responsibility. It's much easier in a way for them. And there were others who said, hey, let me do this thing. The the company I was working for at that time was very much empowering this help people to spread wings, 
help people to develop. Actually, this resonates quite well with, with my journey because the, the company where I was in had that value. So I, I could grab them and I could develop my style further with that. So what I saw was there was a bunch of people who really liked being controlled. And there was a good bunch of people who said, hey, we need more sparring and more like a coach, what you would say today rather than tell me exactly what to do because it's my it's actually my space and that's what i re recognized and very quickly was if all of them are better in their areas than me then of course it works otherwise it would mean that i have to be on top of each area that doesn't work and you have to be a genius and then you feel stressful <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very stressful, very stressful. So I struggle a little bit with the answer because we are at exactly at the point where I changed that. And I think since I, I was already in this changing part, the team itself actually to a certain amount pushed me into this position. Uh, I feel that now. It's, it was it was not that because I was a let's say an elbow leader I became an even bigger leader or a, a managing a managing director at that time it was more that I changed before and the the team itself said hey, this is exactly what we need and I think what what was very important is when you now separate between or look at the teams let's say the, the ones who want to be, wanted to be a little bit more control and the others who were asking for more autonomy when you link it to the results and to fun and to being a human it's definitely on the on the on the team which which was asking for autonomy and that was something which really gave me a positive feedback and say hey that's exactly what you have to do you do definitely need to be more patient with that it's not you don't get these easy results it, it, it lasts much longer and it's more fun for me and and boris when we jump back to the example you gave so back back those days when when you, you had to give this presentation and you had someone who helped you with this powerpoint slides and yeah. you were in this command and control mode so how would that situation look like with your insights you have today it's a good example it completely changed so rather than telling writing a story or writing a storyline up front And saying, okay, this is my storyline I want to tell. Please uh, fulfill your your slides into that or your part of the story. I sit down and said, what kind of feelings do I want to trigger? What kind of output I want to trigger on on the at the end? So what do what kind of result I want to have? And then I'm I'm asking myself, who can help me with that? Or even am I the right person to present that? And then I collect the people around me who I think uh, would be helpful for that. And then we together decide how to tackle this task. So because mm -hmm. you don't do a present, normally don't do a presentation just to present. When you present something, you, you always have a goal or something to communicate. It's a communication tool at the end. And then, yeah, I collect the people around me and said, what do you think? What do you think how we can do that? And here we are back in the, the, in the responsibility I feel as a leader saying, I need to set the surroundings said okay this is this is what we want to achieve and then together we dance in this field hmm. and try to find out what's the right dance to do that really highly resonates with me and referring to to the agile world this is why why so many teams and companies use these canvases right mm. because you have these sticky notes and you you have a quick meeting bring different perspectives together write down or scribble some notes on this post-it and then you can really collaborate and work together on a storyline or, or a business case or, or whatsoever. And then you come much faster to the output you want. Yeah, and, and what I really liked was For me, this this change of collaboration started before all these tools popped up. So when these tools came, I felt like, oh, super, <laughs> super. Now we have that because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a fan of PowerPoint, for example, as you mentioned. Um, we work now, since we are in this corona era, we work a lot with, this, with concept boards or with collaboration tools where we just have a white screen and we put all the posters on it digitally. Mm -hmm. And then after it, very often, we don't even uh, structure it afterwards sometimes mm -hmm. we do because we have to 
transport the information to others or we have to talk about or to bring in others, then we structure it. But very often, the discussion itself is mm -hmm. the most important thing to have the same um, vocabulary, to being on the same page. And then you just collect this stuff and, and present it to somebody. But the process itself is, is much more important. I think that's really interesting to see uh, these changes nowadays. Yeah, so, yeah, great. And, and there was another story uh, you, you told us uh, where I could really... Uh, very much relate on because I have a one-year-old daughter right now and um, yeah I, I know how it feels when she doesn't stop crying or she doesn't want to eat her food and you try to make her eat the food and what what helps me is yeah to to stop think for a moment take a deep breath in a deep breath out remember who's in charge of what. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I started meditating a, a few years ago and it really helps a lot. Um, and well, this is the bridge <laughs> to you as, as a Zen coach, because I would be highly interested in hearing a little bit more about that. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe you can tell us when did this came up in your life? What, what are your key mm -hmm. insights? It's not so different what we were talking about already. So the same, it's exactly at that point when I thought that I have to change something. I was searching for a method or a teacher or whatever you call it, a routine which helps me to get this done. At that point, I was thinking about a couple of methods and one was Zen. The, the core is meditation, sitting, meditation, but it's a bunch of other stuff. It's all, also about values. It's also about spirituality. And I think leading in the future will be not possible without integrating spirituality into leadership. Well, Harari said that in his, in his last book. In the Middle Age, the, the human beings had this war between this is how the church sees where we come from and where we go to and who we are. This is the definition. And if you are on the church side, it's good. If you're not it's bad. Then we had a couple of, of, of centuries where actually the human race said science has to give the answer. And then science separated a little bit from that. It was a task for itself. That's what Yuval Harari is saying. And he says that we are now on the point where we come back to this question because actually we do science to understand why we are on this planet. That's what he said. And it resonates quite well with me and my experiences with, for example, Zen and, and experience myself and what am, am I in this whole universe. And I think it's very important to understand that, that asking yourself who you are is not only about what kind of patterns do I have or how, how could that help me to be a leader. It's the question why I'm on this planet. And it's a quite hard question and a very lovely question question at the same time and i think if you start looking in the inside because of pressure because of let's say a big question what was my case or a desire to find something out you always come to the point that you can't separate that from other parts of your life so whether it's your kids or it's your business or if you want to have a religion do you do that so it's more this question of if i'm now responsible for 300 people and i don't know at all why i'm on this planet i think it's a big chance that you mess up <laughs> so, <laughs> so coming back to your question how did i come to zen it was the same desire and questions i had about my job i think there are thousands of forms to do that whether it's yoga or sport or There are a lot of spiritual practices or mystic practices to go into this direction. I think it's very helpful. Me personally, it helped dramatically. It was also a very hard time because when I started doing that, I came to a certain point where I thought I don't fit to my existing company anymore. So that was quite hard to realize because I thought, hey... I really would like to stay in this company, but at the end, there are so many signs around me saying it's the time is over and I didn't hear them <laughs> or actually I, I rejected them. At the end, it was quite a painful uh, situation where I, I had to go. So it was a mixture of letting me go, of being fired, and at the same time, the man in my head saying, hey, Boris, the time is over. 
go go ahead. What was this that? Is, that is, it is, because, is it because you have realized that the way you want to lead, the way you want to be, the way you want to bring leadership to realization um, was not fitting to the company's ideas about it? Or, or what, what was it? What led you to came to this conclusion that it's time? Yeah, my job itself changed. And that I re didn't realize in the beginning. So when I started being a general manager at that point, my role was more finding new ways, creating something new, Uh, restructuring after five or six years and doing that, I realized that the job changed. Another person would be better than me. And I didn't see that at that time, but that was the painful part that the company itself saw that the time is over. You have, whether you find a, you do something else in the company or you go. And I, I wanted to hold it. I was holding on to this person because I really loved the job. And this holding on transformed myself into something what I didn't like. Mm. So that was something what I had, had to change. So at the end, it was a, it was two parts. One was a personal part. One was a, a job part. And altogether, I didn't listen to my, to my inner voice saying, Hey, it's, It's time to go. If you say, if you if you realize you are at that point that something is not going in the right direction, I want to change something. I want to go on to this journey because, you know, um, I realize um, the way I'm leading today is not how I want it. It's probably not very healthy for me and probably not maybe healthy for my team. What would you recommend are the first three concrete steps? What can you do to do the, the first move? Or what have you done? The first, I would say the first question you can ask yourself or, or admit to yourself is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very powerful sentence to yourself saying, I don't know. I don't know yet. I just feel. I feel something is wrong, which is okay. Mm -hmm. So the starting point for me is feeling. And we try to very quickly try to understand that with our cognitive abilities. And, and I think that's a mistake. Often, it's not even often allowed in, in companies anyway. And, you know, I could say from my point of view, when I... When I started my journey, a feeling was not part of my uh, even management thinking beside anger or, you know, frustration or, you know, yeah, even that, even right. that, even that. So um, it was in my, in my, in the companies I was working for, I, w I wouldn't say that there were, was not, let's say it was not that feelings are something for your private life, not, not at all, but still it was much, much more important to have this cognitive yeah. talks more head yeah. let's be professional yeah. all this stuff no yeah. values at that time we, we were talking let's say 15 years ago we were talking about values in the in a company and 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 it was like yeah, yeah it's important but let's talk about business so coming back to your question what would be my recommendation uh, sense your feelings um see your feelings and don't judge them i think i think that's the first thing you can do don't judge them just observe And don't just push them observation. Away. Don't stop pushing them away. Don't like push them away. Don't make them bigger. Don't make them smaller. If if you do that, I think you already do ha, do your first steps into the into a new direction. And I'm not even sure if it's new. My understanding after these 10 years, I'm doing this, let's say, a little bit differently, is that it was always there. It was not something I, it was not new. That's why I'm always struggling with it, with questions like, so what is your new path and what did you do new? My understanding at the moment is more that it was packed and covered with dirt or something different than, than I am, but it was always there. It was always there. So it's more decovering, developing. I mean, if, you, if you're thinking about the word develop, you uncover, you yeah, unpack. Yeah. Put something out of a package. You unpack at the end, right? That's a much better word. It's really nice to see if you keep this picture. Is is like you don't need to put something inside you, and and which is not there. You actually, it's always, it's always there. It's in you already. You just need to let it out and find the access to it, and that is quite nice. I feel absolutely it's quite, quite calming. You know, to say it's quite releasing, and yeah. that's exactly what what when you talk about release things. I mean. It's very hard if you are stressed out. If somebody tells you, hey, release things. <laughs> you are exactly not in this position at the moment. It's a result. It's not an action. Releasing something is not an action from my perspective. It's more something which happens then. And then you, it's a decision rather than an action. And I think this unpacking metaphor is very, very important because it's easy to understand But it really takes that you really, really observe your judgments. And that's the second step, I would say. 
observe your judgments, whether it's your own work, whether it's how you see the sun is going up and down, if it's your food, uh, your and then, of course, your your colleagues, how do you see them? What's going on? Yeah. Observing first. And this links very nicely, of course, to meditation because it's, that's exactly what you learn there. And it's, a very quite, it's quite a hard process. For, it was for me, it was a very hard process because you see your own patterns then if you dedicate enough time to, to, the, to the practice. And that links very well to the part we had already. Let's may, maybe we come back to this little example of doing a presentation or doing something in a project team or doing something in, in sprints and more agile. If you believe that all the people you're working with, whether it's your colleagues or somebody who's working for you or your boss, already have what they need, from that moment on, you lead differently. The traps are, I think one starting by myself is getting lazy because what's not meant is everything will happen itself you don't have to do anything i don't that's not the point i want to make of course you still are a part of this process like it's swimming in a in a river no if you are swimming in a river there's a lot of power pushing you in a certain direction and pr most probably you will go with this river but whether you're in the middle or on the, on the left or the right or if you have a a split if the if the river is splitting in two three directions of course you can decide whether you go middle left or right and i think this is something which we have to understand very carefully that letting go does not mean you are not involved i think no that's really good i think you said you said something really really important is you know i translate this a little bit and make, make please correct me if i'm wrong you say You can learn a lot of tools. You can learn a lot of leadership and management speak. You can learn, you know, a lot of how to put sticky notes on the wall and things like this. But what you said is, if you're not developing and changing how you see other people and what you believe about other people, it will not work. So if you believe that, oh, they are stupid around me, they don't know how to do their job, they have no Absolutely. idea, you know? or you think they have everything they need, they're the experts, they have a lot of knowledge, they have a lot of experience. And they have a lot to give. And that is a big difference how you come across and how you work with people around you. It's what you meant, right? It's just to try to understand that. Absolutely. You have to put off your masks. And, and I mean that literally. We wear, we're wearing masks and I think it's very important to have them. I'm not saying that we don't need them anymore. To protect ourselves in certain situations, in new situations, in, in new areas, when we explore something and so on and so on. Even if we go to situations which we know that hurt us we need some sort of masks but it's important to know them and it's important to see that you are not this mask it's just a tool it's another tool it's a good tool keep it if it's something which is unhealthy for you throw it away if i some some try to summarize that a little bit as soon as you understand that everything you need and and that is something what you have to make sure in the in, a, in the in let's say in the hiring processes and if you put teams together and and let's say it's something what is i think inherent in a leadership position this is what you do you're setting something you're planting you are framing you you give vision be aware that that is your role that is your responsibility and that is something what you have to do and where you have to work on and you can work on but that means that a leader is responsible for spirit and purpose culture decision making and i would say resources and vision is not responsible for delivering results. And I think that is a completely different understanding what a lot of companies have. Of course, if the results are not coming, have to re-engineer the process again. But at the end, my view is I have a certain goal or vision or target, business plan. It's my, it's my responsibility to find the right people to do that. And right means that their strengths are important for this team. So if I put somebody in the place which weakness is exactly a strength I would need, it's my fault, not the fault of the guy I'm putting into this position. So I have to see what are the strengths and, and capabilities of this person or this colleague, colleague to work with me. Mm -hmm. I really like that. And as soon as this team is working, including me, if this, if this set is done, my part is to balance the powers, to make sure that everybody is able to put off his masks Everybody is able to bring in his strengths and that we have probably processes and the resources to work. 
That's my task. Or, or even to put away restrictions. But the work itself and the result which is coming then is not in my hands anymore. And I, and I really like that. Mm. Am I not accountable at the end? No. I'm still accountable. Yes, yes, yes. I'm still accountable for the result, but I'm not responsible for the result. I can't. I speak maybe from my experience. And you can see how it was for you. So I had a, I had the the challenge at the time to let go of something which made me really successful in the past. And you yeah. know, having this control, having the expertise, being the driver, being the, the the guy who runs the show made me successful. And letting this go was horrible for me because I didn't know what else can be successful. And and it defined you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is what I was, and this was a company. That was your identity. Yes, yes, the company. I mean, that's that's. That's the point. You, yeah. that's, you identify so much that yeah. you say, that's me. Yeah. Instead of saying, this is something what I can do. For me, the tipping point was that I skipped the word success in my head or changed that. What is success for me? That was actually one of the biggest questions. I said, what about happiness? Mm -hmm. What about making others happy? What about love? I mean, we constantly and I, I it's interesting that i that i didn't manage to do that in our interview i do it now i said i want to integrate the word the word love because i think it's one of the central words we need to be a good leader you need to be a lovable leader otherwise you're not good i'm absolutely convinced about that and love does not mean that i want to marry all, all the people around <laughs> me and it's not and i'm really not talking about let's say i don't know something spheric stuff i'm talking about love in the sense of like compassion compassion connection that feeling and then that, that links back to meditation all the stuff saying there is on a, on a certain level of consciousness there is no difference between me and the people surrounding me and if you have this feeling there's love no doubt about that big love It's a completely different thing than being addicted to somebody and having sex with them. That's for me, that's a different thing. It's also fun, but it's not, it's, it, for me, love has nothing to do with to rely on somebody or being addicted or, yeah. Yeah, and when you stop judging people, you start respecting them and see their strengths and values and how they contribute and, and see them as, as a mm. whole person, then you, you have this deep connection to people. And then, yeah, you can call it love because yeah you empathize with them you feel their feelings and and you're not really necessarily was... suffering with them mm -hmm. i think it's a in, in german it's a very uh, there's a big difference between mitleid and mitgefühl mm -hmm. you're not suffering with them but if we talk about this buzzword being empathic leader i'm talking when if i talk about that if i would it's exactly what I, what we are talking about now it's about compassion it's about it's nothing romantic It's something where you say, do I really understand who's sitting next to me in this moment? Do I really understand what it's about in this moment? Or do we have a meeting between two masks, talking, talking mm -hmm. two masks with each other, and the person behind that is not in the room or is in the, in the past or is in the future with something, planning something or suffering from the past from something? And I think this is the, this is the circle, and it comes always back to that. If you come back to the beginning when you asked, when you said you, you like this Chinese um, saying, mm -hmm. like if you have shit in your nose, it's exactly that. If you don't understand that you are connected already with the person uh, next to you, then it's just a coincidence if, if something works very well. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of, of something we talked about beforehand, Alexander, when you said that you as, as, as a leader, you were afraid to ask the question, how do you feel? Yeah. Because then probably someone would say, I feel afraid or I feel sad because uh, maybe something bad happened or so how to deal with negative feelings that might came up and, and how to stand that and don't make it an awkward situation. It takes really a different understanding to be able to ask those questions and to feel with the people, but without getting lost in their feelings. It can have different dimensions, right? So if you open up in a in a in a in a, in a morning meeting, you ask, "Hey guys, how are you doing?" and how not really how are you doing, you know? And they say, "You know, I'm my energy level is two. I'm completely exhausted. I don't know anymore how to handle this." And you know, I was I was leading a company. It was that at that point people were crying, but but not talking about it. People were going home, were crying, mm. talking about it. And suddenly you open that space, right? So open, you open that space that that your your team can share. 
what's going on. And often you don't want to hear it because you don't know how to deal with it. You don't know how to change it. You don't know if you're by yourself overwhelmed. So that is one dimension. The other dimension can be to say, you know, uh, you are you feel like you you have a great idea and you present it to your team and say we go we should go this direction we should do this next this is a strategy how we solve the problem and um, and you could open the question what do you think about it honestly and they would say that's a that's a piece of crap <laughs> and then you need to deal with yourself and say oh my god I thought it's a great idea and how do you how do you deal with this if you feel suddenly this kind of you know you can feel rejected or you say thank you for your feedback okay what can we do about it. So there can be a lot going on if you open that space and invite mm-hmm. the honesty. It's, you know, shit on your nose, right? How do you deal with it? How are you, how ready you are, whatever comes, to hold this space and be okay with that? Yeah, and to also observe if uh, the settings which are you in, I mean, normally you are still in a position where you don't set anything. And if you if you if you recognize, and that was always also the case uh, in my past career in one company, that yes, I think this is exactly how I want to work. But the owner of this company does not want to, or the company itself does not want to do that in that direction. You have to admit that probably you have to go because rather than now I change anything, you see that okay maybe I can inspire and try out. This is what what I did. Give me a year or something, and let's work with with the teams and my peer group. But if you see that the settings around you are not at all ready to do that, you also have to see that. Mm. And for me, if you if you, if I talk about the biggest fear, for example, being rejected is something which is very hard for me. Mm, me too so like don't like you or if you the situation you you described now saying to be honest alex your idea is shit if you start with a team as we said before this situation probably will not even occur because it's not this there's not this point where i said here is alex idea or or alex strategy i mean idea maybe but let's say put it to the next level say alex your strategy is shit that hurts even more if it's somebody who you really respect uh, so if you're working together and saying here's the setting i, I we have a certain goal uh, i think we have the right resources tell me maybe do we need not much more blah blah and then you start together the situation where somebody says to you boris your strategy is shit is quite unlikely yeah and yeah. the second thing is i want to belong to a group now and so it's, it's it's very much linked to rejection and if you feel that and it's a very good example and and i think Judy, diana started with with this um compassion and if you if you're compassionate you understand the other people better if if you have this understanding and of course there are thousand others of that in within yourself you immediately see that if somebody has this that same problem that same pain you see that you feel that because of that is compassion then because you already saw it within yourself and then you see it with other people as well hmm. immediately if you reject it for yourself and that's an example for the shit on your nose if you say no 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 pff, other people i don't care i'm a big guy uh eagles fly alone and all the shit yeah what do you always hear in in uh on in leadership positions and yeah you have to make tough decisions it's right there are situations where you're alone of course but you don't have to search for them they come from alone they come from itself so as, as long as you say this i reject that and Belonging is not something something for me, but it is. You will never be able to see that with others or to admit that in other people. It's it's quite the opposite. You you think they are weak guys because they tip on your side, they tip on your on your wound. And you role model that, right? So if you open up and start yep. talking True. about those feelings and and about compassion and love and feelings, sad feelings, anxieties, and so on, then the people feel it's it's a secure place to talk about things like that and this the term psychological safety we, we <laughs> learned it from from this google study but i think this is really true and very important to also build this foundation of trust that yeah. people open up this is really hard work for for a leader isn't it it is and still is talking about love i have not implemented into my teams yet <laughs> And it's because and and it's not that easy because actually my my approach at the moment and I'm still in this process is the more you go into this direction where we are. I mean, look at our podcast. I think the the depth of our 
of our talk now is completely different from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good it's a good picture from what happens within a company over years. And my understanding is that the more you stop talking, the more you get into this direction. Since our day-to-day -day life is about talking, it's very hard to talk about these fundamental things. It's a more about feeling others. I think that's also the challenge with mobile office, home office, um, working at home and not being a part of these groups. You you can't really talk about it. It's mm -hmm. uh, people express that at, at least in our company and what I read from IBM and 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 Microsoft. They explain say we want to have yeah this friendship and uh, and being social and so on. But it's still for me it's still on the surface. What we mean, I think, it's, a, it's an assumption. My assumption is we mean this connection when people meet in real life, which is beyond just thinking. It's about feeling you. It's, uh, I don't it's sense body language. Only, it's body language. I feel your heart. I, I mean, that's something what also opens up when you have a certain practice. And it doesn't have to be meditation. You also open your heart when you have a certain openness or if you, whatever, walk over a big mountain 10 days together and you don't talk a yeah. lot yeah. or do the Jakobsweg or whatever. But this I is have, then missing. Yeah. Um, I have a, you know, I was, I think, having this perspective from what is in for the leader, what is in for the team, and what can change, what is different. But I was asking my question in this moment to say, what is in for the business owner? If I'm an owner of a business, right? Mm -hmm. That's not very nice for all the people involved and they're having a great time and it's a better atmosphere and, you know, people can be uh, more more themselves taking the mask off and so on and so on. But what, what do I get for it as a business owner? Do I get the same results? Do I get the same speed? Very good question. And I can answer that. When I'm working with somebody who, who is going to this direction, I, and I have somebody like that as an owner, company, very successful, as a startup, 30 people. And the bad news is when you start this process, it's very, very challenging as an owner. The, the good part is the dimension of delivering results is so much higher than before that it's very obvious to go this way after two or three years, but it's nothing where you where you see results after six months. So if you as an owner are in a situation where you are heavily under economic pressure, running out of cash, business model is not running and so on, I think it would still be the right thing to do. But I think you first have to bring the patient into a stable, <laughs> stable condition again, yeah. and then you start this process. So in this case, where I'm talking about the, it's a quite successful or healthy model, business model. And the owner itself said, I think I want to go in this direction. Help me with that. And it was half a year, one year, where you have people saying, hey, this is not professional. Please, we have, diff we have much bigger issues than talking about my feelings. And, and we really went into depth with that, or he actually with the team. And after one year, He said, it's a completely different level of working together. There's more trust. There's more transparency. Um, there's a clear vision. They had a vision already. And, and the, the, the point was, and that was one of the really, really nice situations when the team said, the core team said, the leadership team said, we work now, we have been working now in some workshops together and nothing on the page is new. Not a single word, but that what it's, what's new is that we all together have the same vision. And that's what, exactly what we said before. It was already, what, what, what is true for, us in, for an individual is of course true for a team as well, that it is already in the team. And it was. And to understand that it is not something like, okay, that was a waste of time because we had that already. Understand, understanding that the process itself, discussing the self, so to align themselves is, is really a big of a value. So what's in for the owner? I think a more committed team and probably it could be that your business goes in a direction where you're not thinking about at the moment which could be more, even more successful than where you are at the moment. So I think with this setup, the team could come up with an idea saying, this is our core business, but we think this is a better business for us because if we look out on our strengths in this team, the 30 people here, I think we could also do that and that we could do better than we do at the moment. And I think referring to sports, when you say the team decides whether it wins or not, I think with such an approach, the team can also achieve much higher goals, much yeah. 
more uh, audacious goals. Um, but but you need this foundation because otherwise you have only a, a group of lonely wolves. They don't have a shared vision and they all start running into probably different directions and you won't achieve or maybe you achieve the, the business as usual results, but not these great, amazing goals you, you need to stay competitive yeah. nowadays, right? Uh, they will not be able to outperform what they have already on the table as a goal. The maximum is that they deliver what you agreed on, mm. which is fine for a lot of companies. But if you think there's much more, especially if you are in a business which is where you're in an explore mode, mode like AI, for example, if you have a business model in AI at the moment, I don't think that you have a clear understanding of how this market or the segments in this area will develop over the next 10 years. There are a lot of ideas. You need a team who, who can adapt to that and not meaning that there are flexible mindsets. Of course, you need that. You need a team who, who wants to do that. Mm. who's striving for that because it's it's a it's part it's like it's life itself now you see hey we start with this idea we now understand ourselves better that's the same direction as starting with your own with your own journey so i started with myself as a leader and so on then you are in a team and then the team starts with understanding who they are it's the same process Mm. It's very easy. It's the same process. And of course, there are the same rejections. There are the same fears. Fears, exactly. And I think there's, you know, one, you know, I was thinking about how to describe that to say what was before and what is now. I felt before it was everybody could read, could read and think the vision and direction and understood it from the from the head. But I think now there is a heart connection and a caring. So, yeah. Uh, before, I said, yeah, 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 I understand. Yeah, this is the direction. I can read it from this paper and understand generally. But the the difference is now when when the team is getting in with their heart and the heart connection that stuck in is not they have to care because the boss tells them to care is they care because they want to care and that is a big difference and making this heart connection and the emotional connection to something uh with a company and with what they try to achieve where they want to go and that i can be part of that journey and i can i can bring my full self into this journey that is a difference between just yeah I, you know, I know where we want to go in generally and just my head is here and yeah, I have to do this so on or I'm really fully in, fully in with everything. But if you're an owner, I also have to say, I think there's a downside also because you really have to deal then with rejections and the feelings and the, the, the skepticism uh, of your team, especially in the beginning, because there's a lot, because we all learned mm. a different kind of leadership thing in school maybe in our family as well mm. if you do what i'm saying you're rewarded if not you get bad rates mm -hmm. so it's that's that's quite ingrained in ours in our in our system i think compliance and obedience and you know yeah, yeah. confirming mm -hmm. and um you know rather than you know thinking questioning raising questions but if you say i'm i want to build a company and this company has to run up in in uh, i don't know the company will only last two years because the business model is like that because this is an opportunity to i don't know produce masks uh, in, in in times of corona i guess this this approach would be just too long it would mm. maybe it doesn't fit mm. and it's okay it's not about hey this is all wrong and this is all good i'm just saying that in very it's very likely in a lot of situations that it's that you need you need the brilliance of your people and i'm and and it's a difference if you think most of your people are dumbasses or if you think most of your people are brilliant mm. i i did i just didn't see it i just don't see it at the moment and so they it's an assumption both it's a model in my head it's just a pattern but it's a much nicer pattern for me saying hey what if all these people are brilliant mm. that could also mean that if you find out that they are not able to develop their brilliance in your company how can i help them to go out and find that in another another place and that and that really happens in these companies that happens then mm. these owners and these leaders and start hey it's very hard and of course it's still separation is always hard rejection all this stuff you're not belonging anymore to this group and there are always tears in it but it's a different kind of tears so if you really 
believe me, I really want to ha see you happy, but I think this company is not your place because where, what you are in, we don't need. Where we don't need your strengths. That could happen. Yeah, time <laughs> flies by. It is. It is so interesting talking to you. Thank you so much for for all these great insights. Um, so I think it's a good time to. To make a little tour around, a little, and I don't hate the word check-in, but just to find a pulse to see what are your what are your, your biggest takeaways, aha moments, whatever you call it at the moment, to say, okay, what, what is actually happening inside me, um, inside you, Diana, inside you, Boris, to say, okay, because, you know, you, you, you're you telling all the stories, Boris, but you're hearing questions from us. So what is different? What is your takeaways? What are your aha moments, uh, your one top or two, one, one or two, uh, to see where we are? And then... Um, Yeah, see what direction comes next. Okay. Do you want to start, Alex? Because then already you have time to think, rethink a little bit. Yeah, so um, so what, what resonates really, really, really um, a lot with me was the first step of, you know, realizing what's going inside in you. What, what are the feelings in you? You know, I can that resonates a lot with me because I was a really good person in pushing feelings away. I'm not allowed to have that feelings. Feelings are not, you know, that shouldn't be here. Um, and until the point that I, my body was doing everything, knocking on every board, in every door on my body to tell me, listen to your feelings. We're not getting better. We scream only louder in terms of health or other ways, but listen to your feelings. So that was, I think, a very good part, a very important uh, part. And also then the second um, was start to observe your thinking patterns, your belief you have about yourself and other people around you and how you behave and, and you know, what's going on in your head when you talk to other people. Uh, and the other part, which I found really wonderful and so calming is it's already inside you. You just need to de unpack it. You don't need to put something in you or it's not like, oh, the fearful of I don't have it. I don't have it. You know, it's kind of scary. Yo, and I will have it. No, you have it. Don't worry, you have it inside you and you can unpack it. That was really, really nice. I like that. Yeah, I like that very much too. And uh, yeah, I, I think this uh, realizing own patterns <laughs> is, is uh, very important. I like that very much. And also admitting that we know nothing. Oh, yeah. So we, we always talk about VUCA world and things are getting more and more complex. And still we have this pressure that we need to be the experts and we need to know everything. And this thinking that they expect from us that we need to know the answer But there are ways how to, to cope with that without having the answer yet. So this is actually the, the, this agile way of working, like inspect and adapt, running little experiments and so on. But this is really the starting point because when we don't admit that we know nothing, we don't start this whole process because yeah. then we are still in this world of I tell you what to do and so on. So I like that very much. And uh, yeah, and I also like this very concrete example you gave uh, and, and how you acted uh, in the past and how you would do it nowadays. And I think this is really helpful for those people out there who maybe are in this situation right now. So yeah, thank you very much for that. Yeah, and, and just a small point to that. And, and it doesn't mean that it's easy. You will have rejections. And I think to find the balance there between, let's say, how risky is that now? And risky in terms of, do I lose my job? And very often, it's not the case. It's more, it's more a execution not to start with this mm -hmm. kind of things, to be vulnerable. As you said, I mean, it's one of your, your key t things is where is this vulnerability in being a leader uh, or is that the opposite of strength? And I don't think so. I think mm -hmm. vulnerability, and I'm not, of course, not the only one, is part of getting stronger. Yeah, I mean, if you see people, if, if you are in starting the process, you're probably not as strong in, taking others with with you than you are after 10 years so the mm -hmm. beginning was was really challenging for me saying no saying i don't know one example is one of these situations which which come very often as a leader you have a you have a team meeting and uh, the team is discussing and then all the heads are coming to you and say okay what do we do now and i think 90 of the cases the best answer would be i don't know 
we will find out. And my responsibility is that we stay to this question. Together we will find out. My responsibility is to keep us together, to find the right process, to, to give the right resources into the team. That is something which is, I think, a completely different thing. So what was my aha moment? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have an aha moment. For me, it was a flow moment, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting that we have now a, an upbuild of the situation we have very often yeah, in a company. Of a situation. Yeah, it's a, it's a mirror situation. So you have this, if you come in, into a company, of, if you have a new challenge, for example, or an, you have a new situation, new team member, whatever, you always start, you have to start on the surface, which is okay. If you if you start the first day, say, hey, put off your masks, or you are able to, to pull them off, you hurt the, these people, or it, you hurt yourself. So, but... Having this in mind to go deeper, 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 there's a lot in it. And, and that's exactly what we did. That's actually my take on it. It was really enriching for me um, being part of that. So For yeah. me too. For me too. I'm very, very happy that, that you chose me to do that. It was a wonderful, wonderful start, I can just say. It was really wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. I want to <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Boris, because we find a nice end here for our podcast as well. So, thank you, thank you very much <laughs> for you know, for your vulnerability, for your honesty, for exploring with us this journey and just being part of that flow. And um, uh, and yes, that was really nice experience for me. I can say very welcome and very happy to be part of it. Mm -hmm.